episode number 93 of the Tartan Running Shorts podcast, hosted by Lewis Walker and myself, Kyle Gregg. So, Lewis, I keep thinking to say, so, Tom, but we've got my coach, Lewis Walker, on the show, so how you doing? I'm doing very well, Kyle, end of a busy week, and it's uh, really good to be here chatting with you. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking forward to this. It's a Friday night of all times, uh, of all of all days, to be recording Tartan Running Shorts. So, it's uh, yeah, it's a it's an interesting one. I don't think I've ever recorded on a Friday night. So, um, yeah, it's we're we're new new we're going into new territory. <laughs> it's really not that much different, yeah. is it? So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so we've got a busy a busy episode really. So. Obviously, we're going to get you know Tom's Tom's uh, not available this week. He's uh, he's a busy man doing. I think he was he was offshore and uh, and he's away this weekend. So yeah, so I thought right, let's get my coach on and, and you know give us some some insight and while I ramble away and uh, yeah, we're going to chat about a little bit about just so much performances this week and the last week as well um, in Scotland and talk a little bit about the National Cross Country Championships this weekend and my training uh, or, or lack of and uh, you know Lewis as well t- chat about your training as well so um, so, <laughs> so tell us about your training then Lewis how's it been going? You want, you want to start with my training? Yeah I think yours is probably more interesting than mine at the moment so crack it on Yeah well you know, I've had a good week this week, says he laughing. Uh, I, did, I did actually start off with a 10-miler on, on Monday, uh, which is the longest I've gone for a wee while. Right. And then I've got a pretty busy working week, as you know, Kyle, so I did try and get out at a lunchtime. Yeah, good. So what happened was uh, Tuesday, Wednesday and Friday, I managed the whole four miles each lunchtime. So there, there, there you go. That's Jeez. what I've done this week so far. It's quite. Do you know what? This is really bad to say. I mean, I think we we've had a chat before the before before here and just on on WhatsApp about you know my training. But that's that's a pretty stacked week compared to what I've done this week. Um, but uh, so what? So you're training. What are you training for then? No guy. I'm just training to keep fit. So train, train to do two things, Kyle. Yeah. One is to just keep aerobically fit, which I think is important as you get older. Yeah. Uh, but even more important is a bit of strength work. Okay. So I always make sure I fit in a couple of strength sessions a week as well. And, and particularly when you're over the age of 40, and I'm fairly well over that age. <laughs> just a couple of years, muscle Lewis. Mass, yeah. And, uh, you really need to preserve that. So, And there's many ways to do that, as we've talked about before, that uh, you, you can do without building any muscle bulk as such. <laughs> about keeping your strength up yeah. which you know if you're an endurance athlete you don't you don't want to be hauling you know three or four or five extra kilos of muscle around yeah. um but, but you do want to be strong so so yeah so a couple of couple of gym sessions as well yeah and and i think you know just for some of the listeners who maybe have have just perhaps joined us or you've maybe missed a couple of episodes uh we we had we have had Lewis on the show to talk about just the doc talks instalments. So have a listen back to them. You'll see them in the show um, on the titles, and uh, they're really you know they're really interesting. And um, we do have one coming up, the final one, and I think that one was about plyometrics. So we'll include that one. Likely that we'll include it next week, um, just to just to keep the 
you know the the strength training side of things alive. So, um, yeah. So I, I suppose. So, and, and are you doing any? Are you looking at doing any races or anything? Because I know you you were chatting about that. You know, the last time we had a, a, a you know, we caught up. So, are you just yeah, like you say, are you, are you just going to be planning on just keeping fit at the moment? So, no, you're absolutely right. I was looking to get back in the 10Ks. It's probably about seven or eight years since I last raced. And I did think, oh, you know, now, now that I'm uh, vintage category, maybe <laughs> maybe, there's, uh, maybe there's some prizes out there that yeah, I can yeah. trophy hunt for. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I was kind of looking to maybe get back in the 10Ks. But... Uh, it's been a bit sporadic this last couple of months, so I'm, I'm going to put it off a wee bit longer. But you know what? I just I just like getting out and running. Uh, you know, I, I'm just basically keeping fit just now, but I will plan to do a bit of trophy hunting later in the year. Yeah, I like it. So, uh, and any so. any specific goal? Any well, any any specific race? No specific race. I just I. You know what I'm like, Kyle. Even though I'm a bit older, I'm still very competitive. Yeah. And I, so I won't, I won't actually hit a race unless I think I'm going to do okay. <laughs> that sounds terrible. But that's I think. Do you know? I'm a little bit like that too. Um, you know, I think I've got. I like doing races. You know, like can it maybe low key races and, and not being a hundred percent. But if it when it comes to a big event, it's I I just don't like going there and and and, and not being not not firing on all cylinders um so so yeah you know i think i don't know i think if you got a big race and you you know you don't perform that well you, you can dent your confidence quite a lot but I, I suppose it's just the attitude that you go in with and, and that's something that i think i need to work on is using races as as build-up races and and maybe that's why i haven't done cross country this season is because of i don't know i've got this mental back block that I'm not as good. I was not. I'm not as quick as I used to be, and um, I just. If I, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but um, but yeah, maybe you know. Maybe I have to change my mindset going to these races, and um, you know, focus on the the bigger picture as well. I think there's that. I think it's definitely focusing on the bigger picture. But the bottom line, Kyle, is you're not as fast as you used to be. I know. And we both know that. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, but I do think that for cross country, I think marathon training is a good is a good background uh, for for cross country, and particularly, you know. So so key to the cross country season this year is that it's it's probably about eight to ten weeks before the London Marathon. Yeah. So the you know so cross country is a great strength builder. Uh, you know, getting a lot of good uh, strength in your legs with the hills, the distance, the undulations, etc. Um, in order to then convert that into some flat running speed uh, over longer distances as you head to London. In the old days, though, you know the, the nationals used to be an awful lot longer. Uh, you know, particularly the English national was was, was it about nine miles, ten miles. That's or something. right. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. And and the kind of pace that that you run over the country. Is akin to the kind of pace that, that you run on the flat on the road for for a marathon, so okay. it's it, it's actually it's actually really good strength preparation um, before you get into the specifics of, of your kind of marathon uh, specific training yeah. uh, bef- before an event like London. So you've got Rotterdam coming up, you've got London coming up, and uh, 
So I've got athletes running in both of those, so it'll yeah. be interesting to see what happens there. And there's also, I mean, there's a cross-country side of things, but there's also the quite a lot of half marathons before the, the marathons as well. And what, what do you think, what's your thoughts about the, the you know, a, a tune-up half marathon before a marathon as well? Do you think that's a good idea? Well, I think I think there's two two aspects to this. So, so one of the things I, I kind of like is to have three kind of phases for training for a marathon. So first phase, you really get your 10K pace going. Second phase, you build to towards a, a pretty fast half marathon time. Yeah. And then you've got eight to 10 weeks before your marathon where you're really turning on your carbohydrate, fat metabolism and, and, and getting all of the kind of longer aspects of things geared up. So, yeah. so in that way, you can you can look in that second phase to run a pretty fast half marathon. And, and if you're world class, you're looking at, at running 60 minutes. You know, look at Callum Hawkins recently. Yeah. Callum's run a 28.02 uh, 10K and uh, he's, he's just run 60 minutes flat uh, for, for a half. So that's a really great kind of preparation for, for them starting to uh, build the longer strength and for, for the full marathon. Yeah. yeah. So, so, that's, so that's great for, for that. However, during the marathon build-up, I think it's really good to, to also run a half marathon, anything five to six weeks uh, out. Yeah. But, but, you're not, but you're not looking necessarily to PB at that point. You may be looking at doing it in two different ways. So you may be looking at using it as a long run. And by that, I mean you might run five to seven miles beforehand yeah. and then your four miles after to, 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 to get a good run in. So, so you're going to your half marathon with tired legs, yeah. uh, but, but you're still looking to run you know, you know, pretty decent. Um, generally, if you, there's, there's two opposites um, for half marathon times five to six weeks before your, your marathon race. And by that, I mean, you can, if you run a PB, um, but you've run it by trying to train for running a fast half marathon five to six weeks before your marathon, yeah. then you're not likely to do terribly well in your marathon. Yeah. With, if you run a PB in your half marathon whilst you're on route to your marathon preparation, you know, you haven't changed your preparation specifically for the half and you run and you run a PB half during that, mm -hmm. then pretty much set for gonna be running a good marathon. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, it's it's really interesting and uh, you know a lot of a lot of what you're saying you've you've told me in the past and 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 you know I've, I've trained that way as well. And I think probably the best one is uh you know my first marathon and we, we basically nailed the training and um, I had a bit of a long-term injury before that. So basically, I PB'd for the 10K, got injured, um, and then you know decided right. I want to do a marathon, and the build-up went really well. It was, I think, I had like two days of of sickness within the six-month block, and it was brilliant. And and I suppose that's where it comes to, isn't it? It's the consistency through in, into the marathon time, you know, because there's a lot of people listening who will be doing a marathon in spring and uh you know they'll be looking at this what is it now you know for london about eight weeks eight weeks out now i think that'd be yeah, about no, it's a bit more than that it's, it's yeah. over 10 it's 10 weeks to, uh, yeah april the 26th or something 26, uh, I, yeah. I think rotterdam's a bit earlier a couple yeah. of weeks earlier yeah if, if not three weeks earlier yeah 
So so yeah, so it's yeah, probably a critical time to to be getting getting the training in and the specific training, you know, as you mentioned. So um so yeah, so I suppose for you know for we're gonna you know we're gonna kind of try and keep our structure, but it's it's very difficult to to have you on and 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 not ask you lots of different questions. So uh, <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, like I said, we're gonna we're gonna talk about some of the you know some of the fast times that have happened and some of the the guys that you've been coaching have been and girls they've they've been performing so well and uh, we'll mention some of those those names. Um, but specifically, yeah, like I say, Tom's Tom's away um, for for the week for the week, so don't know what his training's been like. So yeah, my so I've kind of mentioned my my training's been hasn't been going that well to be honest. And um, after after coming back, I had a bit of a, a bit of an illness and a bit of man flu, Lewis, a uh, bit of the the coronavirus, I think. But um, but yeah, I'm kind of just. This week's just been back to work and it's been quite busy and um, so yeah I'm, I'm just looking for a little bit of energy somewhere and a bit more mojo and and hopefully I'll be back on it so uh, yeah yeah but yeah uh, who cares about me eh? who cares about me there's uh, I'll I'll get on it no no doubt and hopefully get the get some interesting training sessions and and um, progress at some point to you. Key um, I think though Kyle for you is that is that. Um... You know, it's a decision between whether you're going to run 100k or whether you're going to going to run a marathon. Yeah, uh, we've had that day. One of the things we were looking at was London, but unfortunately, for some reason, your your entry got lost. Cyberspace. <laughs> it literally is cyberspace. Um, on yeah. ongoing at the moment, but yes, yeah, I don't know what's happened yeah. there. But hope, fingers crossed. Um, but even even if we, it's almost like if we if we do get the the the, the green light. I'm just, I'm just, and we said that, you know, we we had, we, we talked about it briefly. It's probably a bit too late to, to get a good time at mar- at the marathon. So, um, we'll be looking at potentially just, you know, aiming for the 100k, aiming for a 100k somewhere and maybe later on in, in about May time, perhaps, um, and just trying to get a fast time. It's just a, a pain in the arse that I had a wedding the same day as the, you know, the, essentially the trial race, which is really annoying, but. Uh, what can you do? Is there someone close to you? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm going to the the guy stag do as well. So it's not even okay. like I can uh, I can say I'm, I'm and the, the 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 well the wedding the weddings in in England and the sorry the 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 weddings in Scotland but the race is in England um, and it's like an eight hour drive so it's not even like I can I can make it back you know because it's a hundred k race <laughs> so yeah, yeah. but ah. Uh, We'll see what happens. There's still there's a few options out there, but it's just finding the right option. But I think maybe that's maybe my issue at the moment. I'm I'm I'm, I'm I've lost the mojo because I don't have a a set goal. Um, Absolutely. So you've hit the nail right on the head, and until you get that set goal, you're just going to meander about for a wee while. Exactly. Feel sorry. Feeling sorry for myself. So I need to get. I need to get that so sorry. You are good at feeling sorry for yourself. I know, and and I don't really get much sympathy from from Debbie or anyone really. Just fair enough, but oh well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah. Well, let's talk about some of the other actually people who've been performing uh, much better than I have. Um, so so yeah. So let's the Armour Five K now. What do you think? What did you make of that, Lewis? 
Uh, well, it's always a, a, a pretty fast 5K. Uh, it's it's uh, it's, big, it's a big international. It's gained uh, a, a lot of credibility over the years. A lot of people want to run it, and and so by definition, the more the more good folk that want to run it, the more at, at the head of the field uh, the pace increases, and, and I think that's what we saw uh, this year. Yeah. Uh, I, I managed to I managed to get a watch that. Uh, online. Oh, did you? Really quite I, I couldn't actually get the online bit. Okay. Miles phoned me uh-huh. uh, and did a video call, FaceTime call, and uh, FaceTimed the, the race from his <laughs> laptop <laughs> on the so, so it was really quite interesting uh, to see, uh, see Cameron's track and flying by the finishing line. And we said, wait, was that Cameron? Yep, it was. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> So, so I mean, you know, just I'm, I'm sure the listeners know. Um, so, so Lewis coaches Cameron Strachan, and, uh, and and Cameron had a well. I mean, his result was phenomenal. I mean, would you would you make of that, Lewis? I I said to Cameron beforehand that I thought he was informed to run about fourteen ten plus or minus ten seconds. I thought it could go either way. Yeah. But I, I thought that if he you know, if it was a good night, which it was, I think it was a great night for, for running. But I thought if it was a really good night and he got stuck in at the start, the way his training had been going and the strength that he had, I, I felt pretty certain he would run 14.10 anyway. And I thought if things went really well, he could get quite a bit faster. So, but to actually crack 14 minutes and uh, he, he ended up officially with 13.58, I thought it was a, a fantastic performance. But just... Just a testimony to uh, the hard work and uh, the kind of training he's put in over the last few months. Um, yep. So it was very well deserved uh, and a really good performance. But, you know, he was five seconds behind Jamie Crow, who, who, who had an outstanding run. Yep. There are several uh, Scots lads uh, just behind, a couple of seconds behind Amos Harmett, uh, and then, uh, you know, several guys at about 14 7 to 14 10. So, Oh, oh, good fast stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure what kind of shoes everybody was wearing. Be interesting to know the the, the mix. Um, perhaps the the video the video content would show that. But uh, yeah, yeah, that that is that. Yeah, is... They won't have been too fast to see the shoes. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, it was at night. What I also find in you know staggering about the event. Now, maybe I don't get. Maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but. It's at it's in it's at night time, isn't it? It was yeah. um, about eight twenty p.m. or something yeah. like that. Which is it's I don't I I don't know if it's me, but I I don't I tend to run faster during the day than at night time. Maybe do you know do you know what I mean? I've I've gone out for a run and I felt I'm running fast, but I look at my watch and I'm actually running quite slow. Maybe that's I don't know. Maybe that's I maybe it's something that I'm not good at. I don't know, but. I was just interested to know if, whether or not that's actually a thing. You know, is it faster to run during the day or at night time? Um, well, I think the perception of running fast, you know, if, if you're running in the dark or, or in, in, in an area that's a bit darker or, or that's got, you know, just got some street lights, you will feel as though, in, as though you're running faster. So the perception yeah. of speed at night, uh, you feel that you're maybe running a bit faster than you actually are. Yeah. So that's a common a common kind of perception. But if if you look at you know the the, the sort of um, 
Diamond League type races uh, that are on. I mean, in general, uh, a lot of these events take place uh, in an evening. Yeah. Um, five days are often run in the evening. Um, I mean, over the years, there's been some 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 great performances. Remember when Dave Moorcroft, you know, he ran thirteen minutes zero zero point seven or something. Yeah. And in, in uh, that, that was an evening race. Um, and and I think that that I, I think your physiology is probably geared up to run a bit faster uh, in an evening. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just because you're you've maybe you've, you've you've trained or you've been up the whole day and you're your body's used to moving and being a lot more mobile and rather than in the morning, perhaps. Generally, flexibility is better. I mean, I don't know if you ever try to run a PB at 8 o'clock in the morning versus 8 o'clock at night. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Well, saying that, saying that, well, maybe not, you know, like, I'm just thinking, like, I suppose London and I'm just thinking of my, my PBs. It has been a little bit later in the morning and generally speaking, I, I'm, I'm sure you you wake up a lot. You wake up a lot earlier so that you're you're fresh and you're you've done. You know you're, you're mobile and you're you know you're getting the blood to your joints and you don't wake up because you do. I you know you'll be the same. We'll all be the same, no doubt. We wake up achy and you're like, if you were to say right, go run a PB, you just there's no way in hell you'd manage to do that. So, um, yeah, interesting. But I suppose we're kind of you know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm, it joins a wee bit longer again. <laughs> I'm finding it more and more at the moment, but hey, who cares? Um, well, what, what what was really interesting about the Armour 5K? I wanted to. I've got a few stats, and I'm sure you've yeah. you've picked up on some of the stats as well. Um, you know, we mentioned some of the Scottish performances, but so we had, um, you know, in the, in the women's 3K, we had 50 women running under 10 minutes, uh, which I think is phenomenal. Um, and uh, in, just on the women's side, I I find it a bit strange how there's a women's three k but not a women's five k. And you know, what, what do you think there should be like a, a you know should it be equal or because we you know, we know we know I mean it's it's not there's not I suppose it's just a traditional thing but I thought in this day and age we would be you know it'd be an equal distance for for male and female. What's your thoughts on that? Yes, but, uh... Uh, no, I, I, I see where you're coming at. I mean, it, there's yeah. been a traditional 3K for the, the, the women's armour race for, well, since its inception. Yeah. So there's probably a bit of tradition uh, in that. Um, I think that, I think it's quite interesting that the 3K for the women often brings together people who've been either doing a bit of, you know, strength work for cross-country um, and at the same time, you get quite a few folk who've been running uh, indoors on the track over fifteen hundred and three k um, running as well. Yeah, so yeah. It's brought together probably a good a good field of of, of track and road runners. Yeah. Um, so I, th- I think I think there's a kind of a, a good a good mix uh, for 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 the women's race in that regard. Yeah. Um, the men's race, but I have to say the men's 5K attracts, you know, folk who've run in and out, outdoors as well. But but mainly, you know, folk are doing a bit of road running, but are also gearing up to uh, a good performance uh, over the national cross-country championships, the Scottish and English championships. Yeah. I mean, our, our this year is, is, you know, it's turned out to be a really 
good time for many athletes because, um, you know, putting in a really hard, fast performance somewhere like 10 days before the national and then kind of just using that as part of a general taper yeah. will, will really get you uh, to, to, to the national day in, in, in good nick. Yeah. But having said that, one little caveat you know, from Cameron was that, uh, you know, he woke up with a sore throat uh, yesterday. So oh, I'm not, no. we're not sure what's going to be happening over the next uh, 12 to 24 hours, you yeah. know, health uh, racing at the national. So there's always that, that kind of, you know, no matter how well you prepare, no matter how well you've tapered, you know, at this time in the winter, you're 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 often open to uh, un- the uncertainty of what bugs you you might you might come in contact with. Yeah. So, well well laid plans, uh, you know, for for one day of the, the season, um, you know, may come awry for for a number of reasons, unfortunately. Yeah. So, well, I don't want to be too down about it. Um, but but we'll see what we'll see what happens. To be to, to be honest, I mean, what my we'll come on to predictions later. But you know, I I had Cameron in my my top three. Um, so uh, and I still do. You know, if if things go well and it's just up, you know, it's it's not that bad. You you never know. But you know, it's things they can take a lot out of you. And um, yeah, especially. But do you, do you know what? Like you see the improvement that he's made. You know, I think Miles mentioned it as well. I think he said, and you can make a film out of. Cameron's uh, story, you know, his his progression, like only about three four three years ago, he was he was standing on the sidelines, uh, not running whatsoever, and uh, and watching me doing the the Lumfan and ten k, and 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 now he's running sub fourteen minute five k's. I I just think it's astonishing, and you know, in, in the last sort of few months, you, you know, you've. Guided this training, you know, sharpened it up, and and he's just an, an, another level. It's fantastic. Um, so so yeah, we'll see how. Things about I think one is that Cameron did run eight hundreds and fifteen hundreds when yeah. he was younger, and he posted some you know pretty reasonable performances, particularly over eight hundred. Mm-hmm. And then he, he stepped back from athletics for a wee while, didn't do an awful lot, came back to do a bit of football, then decided to get into, into running again. So in terms of his training years, he's not got a lot of training years uh, under his belt. Um, so, he's, you know, so his legs are, are, are reasonably fresh, you know, from that point of view. Yeah. Um, but we, we had to make a decision, really, uh, about how to go about improving his performance. Because initially, when, when I started coaching him just under a year ago, it, it was really to, to kind of um, boost his 10Ks. Yeah. And, and what we aimed for was the, the um, Scottish Championship Stirling 10K uh, in the September, and, and he ended up finishing fourth in, in 3012, taking a big, big chunk out of his PBs. Yeah. Um, but we made a decision that whilst we were focusing on the national cross-country, uh, which is tomorrow, uh, the, the peak of the season, so we, you know, some six months ago, we, we made that our focus. But the way that we decided to get there was that we felt we needed to get faster as well as aerobically stronger. Yeah. Um, so we, we decided that, that uh, he would run indoors over 3K. And he's never run indoors in his life. I don't think he'd ever done a 3K in his life. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, so he went to um, the, 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 the Scottish Indoor 3K on the 4th of January. So yeah. the preparation beforehand 
we spent a few weeks in, in, in October before the, the national shorts cross country, just doing a lot of, of kind of uh, short to medium hill work uh, with a lot of things like, um, you know, uh, squat jumps, sagittal jumps, you know, um, skips and hops, that kind yeah. of thing. You know, so do a hill rep and then at the top of the hill rep, do 10 squat jumps, then jog back down again, repeat. Yeah. Uh, so really try to build some strength into the legs uh, as and and do some um, you know just reasonably easy um, five k five to ten k work but no not terribly hard uh, you know at a weekend so so we did that for a few weeks but then yeah. then we go on the track once a week and I'm a great believer now in just doing two key sessions per week. You know, a few years ago, I would have had people do three sessions, or some sometimes even uh, uh, four. Yeah. Uh, but nowadays, I'm really much into uh, getting getting a couple of quality sessions in. So one of one of the quality. I'm a I'm a big believer in two sessions a week as well these days. <laughs> what you're lazy. Uh, <laughs> True. Yeah, but, sorry. But, but you were part of the, the original sessions because I think it's definitely either a Tuesday or a Wednesday. And, yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah. Anderson Stadium, you um, you joined uh, what was essentially a 3K pace session. So <laughs> we tried to get faster by running reps of 400, 500, 600, um, and, and some in between stuff, but just to get the legs ticking over a bit faster. But conversely, a weekend doing things that were quite a bit longer, longer like yeah. ten by a mile or a four mile, three mile, two mile, one mile with with kind of short recoveries, and really kind of building the the uh, you know the endurance strength. So yeah. we had we had kind of double edge to that, um, you know, quite a polarity as it were, and then we kind of brought that together to 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 run three k and yeah. and. It, I mean, Callum had a really good run. He was fourth uh, in the 3K mm-hmm. uh, at 8.15, which yeah. is pretty much spot on what, uh, what we predicted. Yeah. No, it's but a pretty, pretty race. That really got his speed up, yeah. which I think has is, is been a real key to how he's progressed because as well as keeping the, the aerobic strength work up at a weekend, and he, and he would... Do a session like, for example, a key session was four by fifteen hundred cross country, ninety seconds recovery. Yeah. Straight in, straight into eight by sixty second hills, jog back recovery. Yeah. Back into by fifteen hundred again, and then finishing with four by sixty second hills. And that's that's a long, hard, um, rugged session. Uh, you know, over the country that really builds strength. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, during the week, he, he was running, you know, so he'd gone from 3K pace up to 5K and then and then some 10K pace. So really, really kind of just um, building the speed and extending it into into endurance. And that's, you, you know, I'm a great fan of that, yeah. you know, famous Italian coach Renato Canova. Oh, yeah, yeah. A, a lot of his principles work really well. So yeah. that, that, that's what we've used, and I think... Um, from Callum, uh, Callum, from Cameron's point of view, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's uh, it's really you know come together well. Yeah. 
so, so, so that's one aspect, and I'm probably, I know, I know I'm going on here, but it's, you know what, once it's started, it's hard. Exactly, yeah, that's the, that's the joy of this, but it's uh, <laughs> it's all good ramblings, you know, people yeah. out there running just now, the longer they, they listen to this, the, the better, you know, the better they're going to perform, because they're out training for long until the, the episode finishes, so. So, so the other the other guy that I think is really important is a is a physiologist called Stephen Seiler S E I L E R. Okay. So he's, he's an American from Texas who's been in Norway for the past fifteen years, uh, training with all the, the top Norwegian endurance athletes, whether they be runners, skiers, uh, cyclists, uh, canoeists. Yeah. Uh, he trains he trains with all sorts of, of endurance sport. He's, he's developed this 80-20 rule, which is that 80% of your training really needs to be within yourself, you know, around about your, what's called your your your, um, your first aerobic uh, threshold point. Yeah. So quite just steady uh, running that, that is almost at a recovery pace, but maybe just a bit faster, but you're certainly able to speak. Uh, to to your companions when when you're out running and you're not killing it. Yeah. Uh, so eighty percent of your training should be like that, and twenty percent of it uh, should be you know significantly harder in terms of the repetitions. Uh, but you're you're still better off with volume of intensity. You know, so having a decent mm-hmm. volume of of the 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 intensity. So you, so you're better, for example, maybe doing. 40 minutes worth of work at 90% intensity versus 16 to 20 minutes work at 95 to 100% intensity. Yeah. Although, although I think that you need you need a good mix of both. Yeah. But, but the, so the Stephen Seiler stuff um, has been has been really helpful for kind of grinding and embedding um, the the Renato Canova mm-hmm. material. Yeah. So, so Cameron's ended up doing, you know, averaging about 80, 85 miles a week, a lot of it really quite easy, steady running, uh, and then two pretty hard sessions per week, but, but he's got the recovery generally built around that. Yeah. So, but, so it's been really good from that point of view, and I think it's a good model for, not, not simply for 5 and 10k, but you could use it for 1500, you can use it for marathon. Ultra marathons um, as well, yeah. 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 No, uh, absolutely. I think it's been it's worked for me anyway. It's and it's 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 actually it's a bit. I've always found it maybe not always, but you know maybe when I was a bit younger, found why would you run really really slow, not at your race pace, and and you know you, you need you need that time to recover, but also just still run. You know you can't always go out for a run. You can't do your eighty miles a week at hard all the time. You've got to have the recovery and. Um, and I suppose that's probably where, you know, some people can't run 80 miles a week. There's people who, who are listening will be like, ah, there's no way I can run 80 miles a week. I only do 30, 40 miles a week. Or, um, so would, would you be saying they should be doing the 80, 20 rule as well? Or what's your, your thoughts on, on that as it applies from, you know, the, the top end to the, to the recreational runner? Yeah. So the principle works even with, with um, you know a lower amount of mileage or a lower amount of, of hours that you can that you can devote. Yeah. Um, it, it seems, and, and Stephen Seiler produced research that, that shows that that for uh, for the rec, you know for what, what might be a recreational athlete, 
that um, the the eighty twenty rule works. It's actually a ninety ten rule in a sense. By that, what I mean is, although eighty twenty is is kind of like the the, the numbers of sessions that you would do. Yeah. You know, ten sessions, eight of them would be would be easy to steady. Two of them would be quite hard. Yeah. Um, repetition type, but. But when you actually, if you were actually count up the, the amount of time that you spend doing easy running versus the amount of time for your repetitions, it actually works out as about 90% of your overall volume is actually generally easy to steady. Yeah. And only 10% of it is actually uh, really quite hard. Yeah. Um, but I, I used to be frightened in the past of doing too little. And thinking, oh no, you need to you need to keep up uh, the, the the fast stuff. But I, I think what I've learned over the years is that if if you're gonna you need to modulate your training. You need to you need to have periods whereby the sessions that you're doing are pretty intense. That yet then you need to let the recovery take place. And I think this is what we're not generally good at, and certainly what I wasn't good at in yeah. the past was 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 getting the recovery in. And um, you know, allowing the benefits of the hard work. So, and and you know, I'm going to go way back in time here now, Kyle. Back, right. back in the seven days when I was a young lad <laughs> running 800 meters, uh-huh. I, I used to be coached by Frank Horwell, who's the, the you know was the, the kind of doyen of the, uh, the British middle the dis- middle British distance running and uh, British Milers Club. Um, and I have to say, uh, the, the sessions that we did back then—if if you weren't—if you weren't sick in a bucket at the end of each session, three or four times a week, then you weren't training hard enough. Oh, really? <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. But, yeah. So it was—it was pretty intense stuff, and I used to think that I used to feel guilty if you know either myself or the or the athletes I started coaching yeah. weren't weren't training, uh, you know, putting the effort in. Okay. Um, but what what I think happens though is that if you're doing those kind of sessions, they're great for a for a, a short period of time. But then because you don't really recover from the stress of that acidity uh, mm. that, uh, that, that that's in your muscles, um, you just fall apart. Yeah. Okay. I I certainly fell apart. Yeah. So Frank Frank Horrible's, um yeah, he was the founder of the BMC. Yeah. Middle distance. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So he. In- so, so I still, I still got, you know, I, 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 I moved house about three years ago, and uh, when I went through the loft in my old house and and uh, looked through a lot of stuff, I came up, I came upon a shoebox, an old shoebox uh-huh. uh, that had about twenty or thirty letters uh, back and forth from Frank. Oh, right. uh, in the 1970s, because boy, I mean, I was in Aberdeen, he was in London. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, so, so, and there was, uh, you know, there was no uh, um, iPhones or laptops or, or computers in those days. It was old, old-fashioned, old-fashioned well, mail well, mail. That, well, that's an, it's really interesting though. Like you know, the coaching we get now. I mean, you know, I, I. For for us, it's I I message you, we email, we, you know, uh, you can see when I put my 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 sessions up. Uh, what we're doing instantly was like back then, it 
was was it all just how did you do that? You know, remotely was it just letters and like did you even call, did you even have a phone back then or what was that like? Was, yeah, you know. we, uh, we used to, these old-fashioned red phone boxes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, they're like, they're in museums these days. <laughs> like, yeah, it must have been uh, just a different way of seeing, the, like, what, I mean, that, that's maybe a question, you know, like the coaching or the training now versus what the training's like, you know, back back then and, and, and until now. is What do you see the main, the similarities and the differences? Being. One of the things is my, mileage was pretty important back then. If yeah. you meet the guys like uh, Fraser Klein and uh, Graham Lang, yeah. I mean they, they were running ninety to hundred miles a week back then. You know, and, and they were they were embedding some hard sessions within yeah. that as well. So there, there was a core of mileage uh, that I think um, is is really important today. I think we lost that in the kind of nineteen nineties. Uh, when folk were were uh, doing stuff that was much shorter, sharper, uh, with with um, less volume and, and less mileage, I think I think Sebastian Coe um, actually contributed a bit towards that because you know yeah. Coe's diary to show him running about 35, 40 miles a week um, and and running a one forty four, one forty five, eight hundred. Um, although latterly he said he was doing 70 to 100 miles a week, although it's, uh, I'm not sure what the evidence of that is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, compared to Steve Ovette, who was, he was generally, you know, Steve Ovette, my hero the yeah. whole time, uh, was, was 100 plus miles a week. Oh, really? But, uh. Yeah, but so, so I, think, I think that worked well. Yeah. I think that what's different uh, today is that, you know, so... It used to be thought that in order to get faster, you, you would run shorter repetitions, you know, and and more of them. You might run twenty or thirty, two hundreds, or you know, some three hundreds and four hundreds, and that sharpened you up. Yeah. Um. But now nowadays, I think in order to sharpen up, you're actually you're actually running further, but with much longer recovery. So you may may be running four hundreds, five hundreds, six hundreds, or a thousands. Uh, but, but you're running them much faster for, uh, you know, running faster for longer and, mm. you know, with, with a much better recovery to allow you to, to kind of replicate that. Yeah. I mean, Dave, Dave Moorcroft was one of the first to, to, to do that. So one of Dave's uh, key sessions was um, six by a thousand metres and he, he would invariably run these in about, you know, 227 to 230. Okay. Uh, uh, and you'd have six or seven minutes recovery between each one. Jeez. Um, so, so that was that was, you know, so that was back in the in the in the early eighties. His coach was John Anderson. Yeah. He was quite for that that kind of session. Is John Anderson uh, the guy, uh, the gladiators referee? Yep. Yeah. And the, same, the very same, and the very same guy. Uh-huh. Um, so, but but so I think I think today's running though is is more about. Know, whatever distance you're doing, you you get better by uh, keeping the intensity the same, but running a bit longer. So if you're a 1500 meter runoff, right, you might start off running your 300s at a certain pace, but you try and project that same pace into 400, 
to 500 to 600. Yeah. Uh, so you, uh, or, or you increase the number of reps at the same pace rather than necessarily getting faster. So you're increasing the volume of the intense work that you're doing. So you're not, you're not kind of reducing the volume and getting even faster mm -hmm. over your positions. You're, you're, you're extending the volume of what you can do. Yeah. Um, and, and the same thing, I, th I think part of what's happening with the marathon, there's probably there's a number of reasons the marathon's getting, getting much faster uh, these days. Uh, but one part of it is that folk are, are, are doing much longer, harder sessions, but with much longer recovery. Yeah. So, so folk are running 30, 35, 38k at either at marathon pace for your 30k's or within, you know, three, four or five percent of that for your, your 38 Ks. Um, and, and these are kind of hard, you know, um, endurance workouts that you need to be, you need to be fresh going into and you need to have several days recovery afterwards. So you're not, yeah. you're not going to choose the Thursday, Saturday. You're going to be twice yeah. a week, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Sunday maybe. Um, yeah. And you've got to be a bit more flexible about, about your recovery. But, so I think I think those kind of sessions and sessions where you're doing wave runs of um, you know Canova's got it up to like four by seven k with a one k float or seven six five four three two yeah one uh, k float so that's in total about thirty two k that you're kind of running a couple of percent faster than marathon pace for your um, for your own reps and, yeah. and a bit about 30 seconds per k slower for for your recovery rep yeah. um, and and so i think for the marathon what, what's happening is people are running harder for longer okay and yeah. and they're getting more in tune with with being able to keep a race pace up or, or variations uh, on pace after they've done about 20 odd k they're able to still vary their pace and put in a hard 5k yeah. Um, and, and so that's one of the differences. <clears throat> there are other differences, of course, which you know are undoubtedly related to um, you know illegal assistance, uh, <laughs> whether that be uh, uh, EPO. I, I yeah. think I think you know people you know, do take drugs in, in, in top class athletics. Yeah. But the other thing that, that um, you were touching on is is the technical doping, you know, the new shoes. Yeah, and, I, yeah, and, it's interesting. Yeah, uh, I'd love to know your opinion on it all. And, and uh, you know, we 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 we've chosen to have a Vaporfly or even just a technical um, performance shoes section in at TRS. So so what you know, I suppose briefly, what's what's your view on it then? These, these uh, shoes, shoes like Vaporflies, absolutely help you improve performance. Yeah. Uh, I saw a guy called Ross Tucker on Twitter. So Ross is an exercise physiologist from South Africa who's uh, pretty prolific uh, in, in his writings. So he writes Science Science Sport website. He's got a lot of great stuff there. He's, he's a pretty um, in-your-face guy. You know, yeah. Says what he thinks, and uh, you either like it or you don't. Yeah. I, I think there's a lot of very interesting stuff. Um, he's done a lot of, of writing on the performance assistance of shoes, 
uh, and reckons that you, know, you can get anything from a 2 to 6% performance improvement. I, I mean, you just have to look. This, is it not in this last year? There have been world records over the road in 5K, 10K, half marathon, you know, particularly for women. Yeah. Uh, and just, just in this last week, we've had a woman run a boat, was it 64, um, 30, was it? Or yeah, was it was six, to... it was, was 64s. Yeah. Uh, six... Perhaps, you know, 64, 14 or something. It, it was something crazy. I, I mean, it was yeah. only this morning, wasn't it? Um, is it uh, a Babel Yeshina? Yeshina? Um, so she broke it, and I'm not sure what her time was. It'll say here, no doubt. Low 64s. Yeah, low 64s, yeah. So, yeah, six, 4.55 by mile pace. So t- 20 yeah. seconds off the mark. So 104, 30, 30, 31. That's uh, that's what she got. So, that's, yeah. that's a, okay, 61. Okay, Ph- yeah. phenomenal. You know, uh, when you consider that uh, they can lost the Lossy Half Marathon was won in sixty four fifty five. I know. <laughs> uh, well, well heavily well, wind assisted, I believe. Well, yeah, that's. Uh, I, I, I mean, we Tom Tom last you know last week he mentioned, you know, he's not. He's not going to take it as a PB if he gets a PB because, well, maybe not. That is, I can't remember what he said, but he basically said, "Yeah, um, I I know that this, uh, you know, that the wind's going to help me get a fast time, essentially." Um, and uh, do you know, I've got absolutely no problem with it. If you know, you've got to be in it to win it, and uh, you know, it's if it if it was a world, it wouldn't be classed as a world record, would it? If that if. If there was a world record, then is there not? Would the rules state that yeah. that you know yeah. it would have to be? So, so, yeah. So the challenge about it is, it's a point-to-point course. Yeah. So it's a it's a bit like uh, the Chicago Marathon. Remember when uh, uh, the American guy ran two o four, but it could considered as an American record, a big big tailwind. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Was that Ryan Hall? I think. Ryan Hall. That yeah. Was it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I think point to point and tailwinds uh, are ineligible for records. I mean, I, I, there's a guy that I advise kind of sporadically, Ross Finlayson, and Ross is a, is a good club runner. Yeah. Who, um, you know, for for listeners at, at, at a different end of your spectrum, you know, Ross started running about a three fifteen marathon. He's now run uh, in the low two fifties. He's shooting to run under two forty five. Um, yeah. He, he he ran just under seventy six minutes uh, at Lossy this past weekend, um, and he said he felt the wind helped him by by almost two minutes. Oh, um, <laughs> <That's crazy. laughs> that, that was his thought. Jeez, uh, I could have I could have got a PB maybe. Uh, well, well, you you possibly could have. You possibly In could have. In the state I am. Um, no, maybe not. That, that's that's uh, not to take that's, anything away from the race itself, because it, it, you know it's, I've run it before. It's it's a it's a, it's a nice uh, race to do. Yeah. And um, and you know if you get if you get if you get the wind and you get the time, great. Yeah. Uh, and and that's always the thing about. It. I think I think the years I ran it, it was always a headwind. Oh, was it? <laughs> 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 yeah. Well, that's it. it it's a uh, it, it just. It just depends, and you've got to be in it to win it. And uh, I was, I was quite impressed by some of the some of the times. Anyway, um, you know, if it was there was no tailwind, it would just be great to know 
what what they would have ran. But um, but yeah, so I, I've got the results in front of me. So we had uh, we had a great battle with Kenny Wilson and, and Robbie Simpson. Um, so yeah, I, Kenny managed a sprint finish. Uh, Robbie, I believe, and that would have been an interesting one to watch. Now I don't know what shape Robbie was in. If he, I think he might have had a bit of a, a you know a bit of a, a cold or something anyway maybe not a hundred percent but nonetheless it's uh, you know it'll give Kenny a, a bit of confidence to run the time he did so Kenny got the win uh, 64.55 uh, Robbie Simpson 64.58 Ben Ward had a great run 68.44 and our first vet was Donnie McDonald um, a, a listener of the show Inverness Harriers first M40 and uh, your first M50 is Richard Horn, 76.47. So great run for, from Richard. And the the ladies event, we had Nicola McDonald. Yep, Metro Aberdeen, 79.52. Great run there. And Jennifer Harrison, Aberdeen Athletics Club, 85.47. And third was Tanya Sneddon, Peterhead Athletics Club in 86.25. And then your first veteran um is charlotte black you're for 40 years old your second sorry you're 50 years old you've hazel patterson gary gazelle's 9755 and uh your 60 year old lady was elizabeth smart from forest hires and uh 100 well, it's 170 minutes whatever that would be one hour 57 i think is that right yeah one hour 57 so we'll go with that um so yeah so what about any other events or results we have, Lewis? Just thinking what else was on there at the weekend. We, we spoke about... What else was on? Yeah, there's been, been some good indoor performances, you know, yeah. by, by Scottish athletes indoors. I mean, Gemma Ricci is, is uh, you know, she, in one respect, you think, my goodness, this is an overnight success. You know, she's suddenly burst onto the scene. But, you know, she's been training for several years with a coach, Andy, and, uh, and, and, and the group that includes Laura Muir, and, and been really working very hard. So her, her, performance, her performances, although they seem quite spectacular, have come out, out of a grinding of very hard work. But, I mean, in, in recent weeks, she's run 157.9 for 800. She did uh, just over two minutes uh, this week. In beating the previous world indoor uh, 800 meter champion, uh, she's you know she won the 1500 at the Muller Games uh, with a, a, a pretty outstanding last 200 meters, um, and so she's clearly got the speed and the strength. And I would have been really fascinated to have seen her go up against Laura Muir in the thousand. Yeah, yeah, I'd have been interesting. Wonder why yeah. they didn't go head to head. Do you think it was? Do you think you know? If I was Gemma, I would have wanted to have a bash at that one k with Laura. Yeah, and and um, so I, I think that that it was probably you know better that she did the fifteen hundred and and the, you know so is developing her own her own uh, pedigree as it were. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I think I think the one K was set up for for Laura to specifically attack a record, um, and but unfortunately, I think the pacing was a little awry, and and perhaps Laura wasn't quite at the level that that she was at uh, 
years back, you know, because because she she did fade in the last in the last couple of hundred. Yeah. Uh, but I do think that um, I do, do think Gemma Gemma would have possibly gotten you know in her current form, given given her eight hundred speed, fifteen hundred strength, uh, you know, because I mean when she ran her four seventeen mile. Uh, for a British record, she went through fifteen hundred in just a shade over four minutes. So, so that eight hundred speed and fifteen hundred strength, I'm sure she'd have gone close to two thirty uh, for for one k. Yeah. But but I'm not sure what's happening with these guys because we've got we've also got this weekend we've got the British Indoor Championships coming up. That's right. So uh, where's that? The, I'm so ignorant. I don't even know where it is. Somewhere in Emory, in yeah. Glasgow. Ah, okay. Emory. Wow. wow. I've really lost it. I've lost touch of reality, running reality. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the reasons I, I'm kind of in touch with that is that I also coach Jenny Fellman. That's right. And yeah. Jenny's, uh, she got a gold in the um, women's 3K at the start of the year, Scottish Indoor 3K. She won a very exciting uh, 1500 uh, three, three or four weeks ago at the Scottish Indoors Championships. Uh, when she ran a, a pretty spectacular last fifty meters to to just get it on the line, yeah. Um, so, so she's running tomorrow in uh, in women's fifteen hundred heats, and it, and it's a pretty open field. Um, so I'm, you know, clearly I've got a, a more than uh, half an hour. Yeah, yeah. It'll be televised, I would imagine, surely. So so that one's televised. I have to, I have to say to. To my deep annoyance, although yeah. Vinco Sport are great at, at um, uh, doing various events, they're, they're coming up to do the Scottish National Cross Country. I, I thought it was going to be live, but, but it's, it, it's going to be the highlights in the evening uh, after the event, uh, the National Cross. So I, I, had, I had my afternoon and early evening all planned out tomorrow. <laughs> no, no. Watching cross country and uh, the British Indoors Championships, but uh, uh, yeah. you know I'm gonna have to do do something slightly different. Ah, oh, God, well, you have to do your build on your ten miler you did. Yeah, well, no, tomorrow's a session day, Kyle. Oh, is it? Session tomorrow. Yeah, so so the session will be uh, two miles warm up. Right. Uh, then. In, Four by three minutes, really hard surge with a, a three minute uh, float. So it's so not a, it's a recovery three minutes, but it's basically uh, still a, a pretty reasonable speed. And then then straight into a, a kind of session that Stephen Siler's been advocating recently, which is you run 40 seconds uh, hard uh-huh. and then 20 seconds recovery float. So, so doing probably around about ten of those to get me back home. Yeah, okay. For forty twenties. Yeah. So there's a lot, a lot of good physiological data on on those kind of um, repetitions yeah. actually being quite good for you. There's a lot of data for cyclists in particular that that, that uh, that's a good combination to do. Yeah. Um. But uh, but you're basically. You know, it's not like you. It's not like a track session. You know, these you know, although, although your forty second reps are quite hard, your twenty seconds recovery is at a good aerobic pace as well. So it, it it's kind of somewhere between your threshold pace and probably ten k pace yeah. that, that you run. Yeah. No, that sounds really interesting. So what about so? Although there's not the yeah, we've got then. So once you finish, come back from that, 
Are you going to be following the national cross country champs? Yes, oh no, absolutely. I'll, I'll definitely be, be looking at that. Yeah. Uh, now, I'm not really, again, I've, I've not done my research. Um, I'm not really sure he's running, but I would imagine every top athlete, top distance athlete, will be running the national cross country champs, I would imagine. So, um, so have you got a, a favourite for the, the male, the, the, the men's I side? Think, I, I think Jamie Crow's probably a favourite. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In a lineup tomorrow, I, I've heard Andy Beecher's not running, and that um, Chris, who won last year, um, yeah, Chris Jordan, Chris Jordan, he's not run either. Yeah, okay. Uh, so, yeah, I'll be, I'll be interested. So, I mean, I, I don't want to do a, a top three, but I, I, is there any other guys that you think might be well, in Kate the top? Cameron's clearly, you know, yeah. in his five K has put himself. Uh, in the mix there, but, but there's probably a number. There's a number of folk who who could medal, um, and uh, so so I, th- I think it's 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 going to be an open race. I think so. So Jamie ran at Stirling uh, a few weeks ago, and he beat Andy Butcher, and it was really hard going. You know, with with kind of pretty much ankle deep mud yeah. all the way, and and oh. he showed himself. God. to really master those conditions really well yeah. and I think from from what I'm, I'm, I'm hearing the, is that the, the Falkirk course is can be pretty much heavy going uh, given all, all the rain that there's been I mean I remember one year I was doing watching it and I was watch, watching Dougie Selman in particular yeah um, in it. and uh, uh, after the first kind of two k, it turned left to go up a hill, but it wasn't really a hill. It was like it was like uh, a, a landslide of of a river of mud coming oh, down. Or guys were trying to run up against the tide of that. <laughs> I think uh, I remember that day. It was meant. It was. I wasn't racing, but boy, oh boy, it was bad. Like there was everyone was covered in you know clattered in mud. It's crazy. So. Uh, well, it was pretty bad. I mean, it was a great day for you know strength, strength running. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And and you know you you've, you've got you got to have not simply the endurance, but you've got the strength endurance to be able to do that in a you know a number of repetitions essentially up up and down either pretty hard hills or just just the undulating. Uh, boggy, muddy ground. So, uh, so a, re- a real great combination of speed and strength. There. So, I think, I think, um, I, I think of the folk running. I think Jamie Crow is probably a, a half ahead. Yeah. Uh, ahead there, and uh, but I think I think it's probably pretty open for what happens next. I mean, in the past, I've I've had two guys. As I was uh, uh, Joe Joe Simmons. Yeah, Joe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got the bronze two, one year. Third one year. Yeah, I think that was the year uh, I was. That was my best result at the nationals, and I think I was twelfth that year or something like that. Uh, yeah. But that, yeah, that's that's as far as I got. So. There's that uh, famous uh, Inverness athlete, former former um, uh, colleague of yours at Forest, who's now in Inverness and a physio. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Mark as well. Yeah, of course. Mark. Jeez. So yeah. Mark, Mark was third as well. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That's right. Uh, a few back. Yeah. So, you know, 
Cameron's had to go against Sardar better clearly then, doesn't he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> no pressure. No, no pressure. Yeah. Well, I think my top three is going to be if assuming Cameron's in shape, I'm going to go for Jamie Crow, um, Cameron Strachan, and I'm going to stay up north and I'm going to go for Sean Chalmers as well. I think he's running. He's running quite well at the moment. So we'll see how see how that goes and. If not, another wild card. Tom Martin, I think he's running quite well in the the, yep. mouth, the you know at the moment he's improved a huge amount. So he he did quite well in the districts as well. So yeah, fingers. We'll see how that goes. Um, what about the women's side? Now I you know I don't know the top top. You know, there's a lot of uh, absentees and Morag Miller's not running. Uh, I don't know. I don't think Steph Twell will be running. I would imagine she'll be in in pretty. Uh, you know, heavy training for for London, um, but the one that stands out for me is the strength and depth in the the Fife Club, the, the Fife AC. You know, they've got a few quick runners uh, who who'll be the Annabelle Simpson, so I think she'll she'll medal. Um, running really well this winter over a variety of terrains, so uh, clearly she's got a shout. Yeah, yep. yeah, um, and yeah, there's a couple other. So we've got yeah, Annabelle Simpson. Um, Stephanie Pennycook, I think, is also, you know, so going to be... the one that's been in really good form, uh, yeah. and 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 is really quite strong as well. So, uh, I, I wouldn't, yeah, you, you can't write any of these two off. I think I think they'll be in the mix. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So yeah. I don't, I'm just looking at the start list. Fiona, you know, of course, Fiona Bryan. If I think Fiona's okay. running, um. Yeah, I have to message Tom, but yeah, Fiona being decent shape. She was in fourth. She got a fourth, fifth last year. Um, also Ginny Ginny Burand as well, but I don't think she's on the start list. So I'm not sure she'll be taking part. Um, and she's been running quite well too. Uh, yeah, so it'll be Kaylee Jarrett's doing okay. Um, yeah, Finola Ross as well. Uh, Michelle Sanderson. So, yes, yeah, quite quite open in the. The female side, so it'll be interesting to see how that goes. It is, it is a phenomenal event, uh, and and now that we've got you know Vinco uh, doing the support of the event and using drones, and I'm not sure they're going to be able to get their drones to fly tomorrow given the oh the wind, oh jeez. <laughs> but but it's um, you, you know it is just fabulous to, to to see the start of these races and yeah. this kind of huge field surging. Surging through the mud, uh, yeah. So great, and it's kind of been bucking the trend of, of some sports over the years. And in the, in the the amount of participation in in the national cross country has it's been going up across all age groups. So which is which is fantastic. Yeah, I think it's a. I just looked at was it two thousand. Um, God, it was an incredible start. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's it's a it's a lot. A lot higher than it ever has been, which is you know great for the sport. And um, yeah, you're right. It just it certainly does buck the trend, doesn't it? So um, I'm yeah. gonna give a shout out. I'm gonna give a shout out for Steve Folk if that's okay. Oh, you know, absolutely. This is your it's half your podcast tonight. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna give a shout out for Dougie Selman because I've coached Dougie for a number of years. Now Doug, Dougie's preparing for the London Marathon, so he's not really in cross country shape. He's been doing a lot more stuff on on flat ground yeah. uh, 
and he's, he's at a big session this week already, so he's, he's, he's really training through. But a shout out to Dougie and, and somebody else, Tom Doney. Have you come across Tom at all? Uh, Tom, yeah, I, I, I raced against him at the God, wait, um, Tilly 10k. He was he had a great run there too, yeah. So he, so he dipped under 33, got there, yeah. He, he, he got a big PB and that, so it's yeah. so, Tom's been training for the Rotterdam Marathon, so again, he's he's kind of training through this race, but he's been putting together some really good performances. If you if anybody follows him on Strava, uh, you'll notice he's done done a, a, a pretty fast 30k at 5.50 per mile. Yeah, which is decent, yeah. yeah. And then he's just done a 35k uh, at around six minutes per mile, and bo- both of these are well faster uh, than uh, his his marathon best time yeah. uh, that he did at Frankfurt. So, you know, he, he broke two hours forty for the first time. He got into the kind of high two thirties. Yeah, that's uh, right. I don't want to jinx him. So, Tom, if you're <laughs> listening in, don't want to jinx you. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm thinking that you're gonna you're gonna pull one out uh, at Rotterdam. Yeah. No, it'd be it'd be good good to see. So. Oh, well, well, I think, other than that, I mean, yeah, good luck to everyone, you know, taking part in the, the cross-country this weekend, and we'll try, we'll get this episode out for anyone listening on the bus, hopefully, and good luck to all the, the metros and the metro buses, I think there's a, a, a bus of 60 going 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 down, so, so that'll be interesting, um, so yeah, yeah, so other than that, I'm, what else do we have coming up, I'm just looking at the notes, uh, God, Jeez, there's so much stuff. It feels like it's been ages since we were, you know, talking about all the other bits and bobs. A couple of other things I was going to mention was the Run Geary Festivals. Um, entries are closing quite soon, so entries close on the 1st of March. So if you do want to get involved in that, there's a, a 5K, a 10K and a, a half marathon. So, um, yeah, get your sign up to them. There's, I don't think they're sold out as yet, but uh, if, they will, if they don't sell out before the 1st of March, the entries will close on the on the first so yeah just make sure you get your your name in there and um and yeah i, I think the old oh I, I did miss one result that i was we got an email about it was uh the Federesso forest marathon have you heard of Federesso forest talk, uh lewis i've heard of i've heard of Federesso, but i've not heard of the other the marathon well there's there is a marathon in in, in Federesso forest now so we got an email from our man chris cowley he's an ultra runner so he um he he, he sent them in a fantastic uh, format which it covers the age groupers as well. So first male was Jason Kelly in two fifty two. So it is a trail race undulating. So that's a, a decent time in that terrain. Um, and then second, you know, a good bit uh, uh, ahead um, or behind was Anthony Herbert, Devon Harris three or four fifty nine. Third male Duncan Shedburn unattached three or six nineteen. First lady. Aislinn Allen, Carnethy Hill Racing, 3.42, a new record too. Second was Sarah Milne, uh, 3.43. Joe Wallace, Edinburgh Running Network, four hours flat. And first veteran, 40, was Kev Stephen, Gary Roadrunners, 3.28. 50, Ian Campbell was first, 3.39. First V60 was Jack Honey, Newbridge Dunes. And then your veteran ladies, first V40 was Jenny Reese Jenkins, Trail Running Club, 4.06, good result for her. And your uh, V50 was Louise Kelly in 4.05. Now, I want to know who Louise Kelly is, if it any relation to Jason's, uh, J- Jason's 
Jason Kelly. I would imagine they are because they were in the, the, the Stone. Well, Jason is a Stonehaven Running Club member. He was so. Uh, yeah, wonder if that's Jason's mum. Who knows? Yeah. But anyway, that's. Uh, other than that, I think. Anything else you want to say, Lewis? Before I just wanted to loop back briefly to to uh, the the running shoes. And, yes. Uh, performance. Yeah. I I think that uh, from what I'm saying, so so the the stuff that Ross Tucker has been looking at is is basically saying that uh, for a top class marathon runner, you could take two minutes off your time yeah. uh, with these if you're a responder, and. Uh, you know, and for guys who are running 230 to 240, uh, there could be a bit more to come off. Um, so, so, so basically, he's saying that virtually everybody is responding to some degree, um, yeah. and, and but some folk respond to the same shoes even more than others, and that response can be quite considerable. Mm-hmm. You know, so you might get somebody responding two percent, but you might get somebody else responding six percent, even though they're called the next. Four percenters. Yeah. Okay. And you, you know that's that's um, you know basically I think we're going to see a world record over the marathon in a few weeks' time, uh, either Rotterdam, London, or or, or both, um, because the, the fast times that have been run in this past year, all the other distances that we mentioned, are going to be translated into into super fast marathon times. And when you look, some, something like um, three or four out of the last, uh, or three or four out of the best uh, marathon times uh, in history have been set in the last 18 months. You know? That's crazy. I, I wonder it? why that is. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what do you, do you, do you agree with the whole shoe thing? Do you think, what's your, what's your opinion? Do you think it's a good thing for the sport? Do you think it's, 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 you know, it's resulted in us, you know, the, the, the sport taking a step back or what, what you... I'm a purist and I, 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 I do think it's, it's a technical form of doping, you could say, yeah. a technical assistance. It's a bit like, it's a bit like the swimsuits that, um, that were on the go a few years ago, which were quite rigid and helped people maintain a body position in the water that yeah. set a fairly fabulous world record, but then... The, the, the suits did get banned, so I think I think they're akin to that. So I think they are performance enhancing. I think that that I think the rules are a bit fudged. I find it quite interesting that uh, the the World Athletic Association um, made a decision that the stack height of the heel would be forty millimeters. Yeah. And lo and behold, um, the, the 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 kind of uh, the next shoe that was out. Uh, it was about 39.5 millimetres. That's right, yeah. yeah. I, I, Just... I would have liked to have seen the stack height you know, be half of that, maybe 20 millimetres or, or, or 25, uh, so that the, the design technicians and engineers would have had, had a, a kind of much smaller space to play with in order to, to, to try and get improvements. Yeah. I mean, I'm not against improvements, Kyle, yeah. but I think when... when when the technology, when you start to wonder whether the technology is 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 more than or, or or not more than the physiology, but is 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 creating more a result than the physiological training that you're capable of doing yeah. is actually 
on the day. So that's that's when a bit a bit a bit dicey, I think. And I think mm. I think particularly when the work that Ross Tucker's been looking at, you know, it shows this variation of between people who who use the same shoe but may not be terribly great responders. They'll, they'll respond a bit, but not great. Yeah. But some of the identical shoe may may actually be a super positive responder and get and get way more than the average. Which is crazy so, when you think so, about so it. In physiology, you know, your training and your physiology, you still got to do the training. Yeah. You know, it's not for you. Um, but but it means that that. It's no longer, it's no longer just that that kind of purest physiology of one person against against the other. There yeah. is there is some kind of assistance. Yeah. So and and I'm a bit I'm a bit cynical, you know, because and I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say this on your podcast. Well, you can say anything. It's uh, it's our uh, podcast, so. Well, 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 I don't I don't want you losing any sponsorship. Oh, no, it's <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> Uh, and I don't want you getting into any any deep water, but you know Nike basically fund the sport worldwide. You know they yeah. fund they fund the World uh, Athletic Association basically, and you know you've got people in the World Athletic Association who have earned significant uh, salaries as representatives of Nike over the years. Yeah. Not know which being uh, uh, the president yeah. of, of uh, the right. organisation. Yeah. Um, now I'm not, I'm not certainly not saying that uh, there's anything kind of underhand going on, yeah. but at the same time you've got to wonder whereby a company that virtually sponsors a huge amount of world athletics, um, their shoes I I believe are being privileged uh, at at the moment uh, over over others. Um, so but that's that's my thought. I may be completely wrong there. Um, I think no. I think you're bang on. You know what? What I've you know heard and what I'm currently learning about the shoes and things. It's it. There's definitely an advantage on on the shoe, and uh, without a doubt, and it, it almost comes to the point where you know how 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 well are the other brands doing in in this in this sport now? You know, in terms of getting that fast shoe, getting that carbon plate, that stack height. Some of the brands, I'm sure, are trying to catch up. And when will it be a level level playing field? Who knows? So, so I think that that I, I think you're right about level playing field. So, so there's two two bits to level playing field. One bit is that they, can the other shoe companies um, uh, avail themselves of the the design technology? Because there's a huge number of patents out on on the stacks, what's within the stacks, what the carbon plates are doing, what the shape of the plates are doing. Yeah. So. Huge amount of patents already uh, uh, on that, which makes the design and innovation space challenging for for these companies. So they're they're going to be a year or two behind, I suspect. Yeah. Um, but 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 there's that. That there's also that you know you may not like it, but you will have to get shoes like that in order to compete with other people. I mean, yeah. there's no. There's absolutely no point you racing a 10k in your old flats, um, uh, and and knowing that there's people that you were previously running against who might might be running 30 seconds faster. I mean, I, I'm I'm sure it'll take you know a minimum of five seconds per mile off a 10k. 
Yeah. Um, you know, I'm absolutely certain of that. Yeah, it's crazy. It is. So, it's, um, yeah. I mean, I've got to pay the four percent, and they they do. They feel they feel springy. Um, yeah. And it, God knows what the next percent, or the, even the next alpha fly percent is going to feel like. It's going to feel so much better. The stack height's more. It's a, a reinforced carbon, I would imagine. Um, better shape. Who knows? I'd no idea, but it's uh, yeah. It, it'd be great to it, it, because it's out there now. You kind of feel that you're obliged to buy a performance enhanced enhancing shoe, you know, because there's such a difference. Is you're right? I would. I, I, so what about you then? If you were lining up in a race in half a year's time, what would you wear on your feet? Would would you would you want to go for? very fortunate at Christmas to, to get uh, some vouchers for a well-known mm. sports company so I'd have to go in and look very carefully at the shoes Kyle yeah. and and uh, buy a pair that were going to enhance my performance <laughs> in my <laughs> so you don't even need to train anyway you just stick them on and you you know you're, you're back in the game you know yeah uh, well <laughs> no you're not back in the game <laughs> You know, because everybody else is wearing oh, them. Oh, that's really, true. Yeah. It allows you to be in the same plane. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's uh, it. It's almost like the the you know the only difference really is if everyone's wearing the shoe, you're not it, it, assuming everyone's wearing the shoe. There's no advantage against your competitors. It's just well, there is, there is. So if, if, oh, of course, if, yeah, you're non-responders. Yeah, 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 right. Stuff, yeah. There, yeah, definitely. Some people respond better than others. Some yeah. people do get significant performance advantage and some people get significantly less yeah so there's 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 a fair bit of work you, you know any, anybody who's listening go, go, go and have a listen to ross tucker's podcast uh, that, that he does he's done a big podcast on, on shoes which is really good and he's written up a lot of stuff on his website science of sport yeah uh, he's a, you know he's as i say he's a he's a Kind of a iconoclastic uh, character who doesn't tolerate fools gladly. Uh, <laughs> at the same time, he, uh, you know, he's, he's he's pretty hard hitting and pretty direct. Yeah. And and I think that the science of what he says is is pretty reputable. So yeah. I I would uh, I would urge folk to to have a listen. Yeah. Well, well, thanks for that, Lewis. I think that's yeah. That's, I'm glad we got that because that was a question that. We, we wanted to chat about our a topic we wanted to chat about our you know the 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 the, the mechanical doping uh, debate so um perfect so is there anything else we need to chat about to the, for the listeners anything else can put everybody to sleep by now Not, well that's the point well hopefully they're still running that's an hour 20 so you better still be running folks um the only thing i forgot to mention a uh, congratulations to to tom and his uh run as well at the at the can lost to lossy so a great run from from Tom, um, and yeah, I think he's he's prepping well for, you know, for the, the 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 coming marathon season, the London marathon that Tom's doing. So we'll see how he gets on and in the coming weeks, and um, yeah, yeah, it should be should be good to see how things progress. Um, Perfect. So as always, folks, if you do want to get in contact with us, you can you can email us at tartanrunningshorts at gmail.com you can find us on twitter at tartanshorts or on facebook at tartanrunningshorts uh, you can check out our fantastic website which is made by Leo, Leo Connor 
uh, it's com. So the only other thing I was going to mention, again, I forgot to mention this, I, the Speyside Way Ultra entries will be opening um, next week. So, yeah, make sure that you, your eyes are peeled and, and your, ears are, your ears are open um, for the, yeah, the launch of the Speyside Ultra. That'll be on the 22nd of August of this year. So that'll be exciting. So, yeah, other than that, well, thanks so much, Lewis, for coming on the show. And, uh, yeah, it was great to have you on. Really insightful. A lot of good information there. And uh, I'll, have to, I'll have to listen again because half, half the stuff you said I didn't, I need I need to absorb it all. So uh, yeah, shoot, it'll be a good uh, good we Oh, usually for me it would. Yeah, <laughs> you know what like. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. Thanks for that, Lewis. Okay. Cheers. Cheers bye. Bye.